grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We study the Acts of the Apostles written by Luke in the New Testament. Lesson 8, the Jerusalem Council. We read in Acts 15, verse 1. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers. They were teaching. What were they teaching? Unless you are circumcised, according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. That's the point. Unless you're circumcised, you cannot be saved. Now, is this the truth or is it not? For those who had come out of the heathen surroundings, this was an important question. Now, what to do? Should we or should we not? be circumcised. The point at issue. Now when these people who came from Jerusalem, they were Christians coming out of the Pharisees, came down to Antioch. It's written came down because Antioch is near the sea and Jerusalem is high up in the mountains. So they came down to Antioch. When these people came, a dispute started in Antioch. We read, This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. You see, sharp dispute and debate. This wasn't just, oh, well, I think it's, it's more like this, and the other one says, oh, but, but I think it's more like this. It was, it was a great controversy. Because they, from Jerusalem, said, you cannot be saved if you are not circumcised. And Paul and Barnabas said, you can be saved, although you are not circumcised. So it was just the opposite. Now what to do about it? And in this discussion, in this sharp dispute, there wasn't any solution. And the listeners, they heard this, they heard that. Now what to do? What is the truth? And it, it was a time of unsafety. What? What's going on now? What should we do? We want to be saved. We want to be sure that we are saved. Is it only Paul and Barnabas who think in this direction? What about the elders in Jerusalem? What do they think about it? 
thoughts went around and around in a circle. And in the end, Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about the question. The question is, how can I be saved? When I come out of the heathen, people, have I to become a Jew first before I can become a Christian? That was the pointed question. And the church sent them on their way. And as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. So this was good news. When Paul and Barnabas and the others went on their journey from Antioch to Jerusalem, on their way, all these points here are Christian churches. The different colors show when they have been founded in which century. And whenever they came to a church, they told about the first missionary journey to Galatia. And reaction? This news made all the brothers very glad. They were very glad about it when they heard, ah, a church has been founded over there. And another church has been founded there. They were glad when they heard the news. And when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. So here again, they tell the elders in Jerusalem what had happened during the first missionary journey. So this one, the red lines here. What happened in Cyprus, in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, Dabe. Yeah, now they got the message. How God had worked. Circumcision. What is circumcision? How did it come about? It goes back to the time of Abraham. Abraham had become old and his wife Sarah, ten years younger, too. And they had one main problem. Economically, no problem. They were not in danger of being killed by the peoples around them. No danger. God protected them. So they had enough food to eat. But one problem remained year after year. Sarah got no baby, no son. 
And they waited and waited. And the time will come when you know we will never, ever have a baby. And in those days, this was a curse. It looked like a curse from God. And Abraham got the message from above, from heaven. You will have. You will have a son. But when? Time goes by, no baby. And then Sarah has an idea. Maybe we have to help God a little bit. I say it in a special way. She thought, we must do something by ourselves. So what is the habit of the surrounding peoples? How do they act when they do not get a baby? Well, then we choose a person, a maiden. So the, the wife chooses one, brings this lady to the husband, that a baby may be as an outcome of this relation. And at the birth, they, the two wives, the two women come together, the wife and the one who has been the wife in between. And when the baby is born, it is so as if it had been born by the real wife. Let's do it like this. Sarah tells her husband. Abraham acts according to the advice of Sarah. And Hagar, this is the one who is a servant of Sarah, gets pregnant and Ismael is born. And after this event, circumcision is introduced. Interesting. And from this time onwards, all male descendants of Abraham had to be circumcised. And it was a sign to belong to the people of God, the Israelites. And because it was such a a sign which could be seen from outside, it, it was more than a sign, it was a kind of part of a salvation in, in the thinking of the people, although this was not the truth. But in, in the thinking of the people, it was like this. Therefore, the reaction, if you are not circumcised, as one who lives among the heathen people, you must become a Jew first, otherwise you never can become a Christian. This was the point at issue, circumcision. And this problem 
was not easy to solve. What to do? What should they do? Their debate. In Acts 15, verse 5, we read, Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees, listen, they belonged to the party of the Pharisees, their tradition, it works. They stood up and said that Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question and after much discussion, much discussion, we see it was not easy to solve, Peter got up and addressed them. And then he starts telling the story we have read in Acts chapter 10 that an angel appeared to the centurion Cornelius. And then Peter repeats this story when he came there and preached. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit fell upon the listeners. All heathen people assembled in a, in a Roman house. And Peter is surprised because they are all uncircumcised. And the Holy Spirit comes down on them. And they talk in tongues. It's the same happening. What happened in, at Pentecost to the 12 apostles. So what is the difference? The Holy Spirit fell on Jews and the Holy Spirit fell on non-Jews. Who had not been circumcised. Nevertheless, God filled them with the Spirit. So how or why should we force them to be circumcised before they can be baptized, before they can become Christians? God solved the problem without circumcision. That's the story. And it made a big impression on the audience because it was not Peter's opinion. He just told what God had done in the house of a Roman soldier where all his friends had gathered to hear what Peter had to say, because an angel had told them to send for Peter. He would have a message for them. And they were glad to hear the message, to receive it. And then James stood up, the brother of Jesus, and he said in verse 13, Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. 
and the words of the prophets are in agreement with this. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this. And then he cites quotations from the Old Testament. Now we have a second point. Peter tells about his experience with heathen people when God filled them with the Spirit. And James points to the Scripture and says the word of the prophets are in harmony with the story we have heard about Peter. Because it was proclaimed far before it happened that even heathen people would come and would be filled with the Spirit. So this was the second point. Experience with heathen people who got the Spirit and the Word of God foretelling that it would happen. So what's the problem? Is there any text where it is written, but first they must be circumcised, the heathen people? James does not cite any such quotation. So, where's the problem? Because of these two arguments, God acted, and it is written in the word of God. Why should we do something, force the heathen to, to do something God would not ask for? The apostolic decree. When Peter had spoken, when James had spoken, the following decision was made. Verse 22. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and sent them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. What for? We find this in the verses before. James gave an advice, and they wanted to act according to this advice. It was written, the apostles and the elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. So the churches which had been found on the first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas. We have heard that some went out from us without our authorization. So the apostles make it clear. We have not sent them to Antioch. They did it by themselves. We haven't sent them to proclaim you must be circumcised, otherwise you cannot be saved. That's not from us. So they went out without our authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul. Men who have risked their lives 
for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. And now, the points, four points. You are to abstain from food sacrificed to idols. Abstain from blood. Abstain from the meat of strangled animals. And abstain from sexual immorality. You will do well to avoid these things. All these points go together with the service for idols, heathen idols. Because in, in heathen temples, there lived prostitutes. And these prostitutes, <laughs> the, the devil is clever. They had a special function. The male persons were told, if you come there and you get in contact with these prostitutes, your field will produce rich food. Interesting, isn't it? It's complete nonsense. But this was the heathen religion. Get in contact with the prostitutes and you will have food enough for your family. And therefore, prostitution in the heathen temples was something all were familiar with. It was the habit. Nobody thought about it as immoral. It was a religious duty. Otherwise you would get no food on your field. So you have to go there. Clever of the devil, isn't it? And therefore, abstain from sexual immorality. Do not go to the heathen temple. Do not go to the prostitutes. God will provide the food in your field and not the contact with these women over there. The letter from Jerusalem. So when this letter was brought by Paul and Barnabas and Judas and Silas and was read and, and heard by mouth. The, the Christians who had come out of the heathen surroundings, they were glad, they beamed with joy. No circumcision is necessary, they were told. We hear when they told them 
they were so glad to hear such a message. They were accepted out of the cultural environment. They, there was no need to become a Jew first. You could become a Christian at once, directly. We read in verse 30, the men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. Verse 31, the people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. The, uh, there was the danger of separation. Christian Jewish churches being separated from heathen Christian churches. And now they were combined again. Because of this letter, it was written in 49 AD. So 15 years after Stephen had been stoned in Jerusalem. Fifteen years had passed. In these fifteen years, a church had been founded in Antioch. And in these fifteen years, during these fifteen years, happened this first missionary journey of Paul. We see the development. We see... Many, many people out of heathen surroundings having become Christians. And we see the problems which arise together with this growing of membership. It's, it's very often like this. There are advantages, growing membership, but then there are disadvantages as well. So problems come up the more people are together. If, you, if a couple starts living in a flat, they are two who try to be in harmony in a marriage. When there are children, one, two, three, four, five, the, the more people are, the more, the more problems can arouse. Fine, when there are kids, but... Each person has got a will by its own. And it's always a miracle when a group of people form a unit and say, we want in harmony go forward. That's always a miracle. So when a, a church is about to split, that's normal. But when a church is in unity. Ooh. That's, that's wonderful. That's a wonder. It's a miracle. Normally, it does not happen like this. Two people, two opinions. Ten people, ten opinions. So that this problem was solved at this council in Jerusalem, it's a miracle. And it is because people were reminded 
about God's dealing with this problem and about God's word, what it said about this problem. And, and this should be our attitude all the time. Has God already solved it through experiences? What is written? And these are the two main points. Summary. In the beginning of Christianity, all the Christians we hear about in the Acts of the Apostles, they came out of the Jews. At Pentecost, 3,000 were baptized out of Jews. Sometime later we hear 5,000 men were already members of the Christian church, came out of the Jews. After Stephen had been stoned to death in 34 AD and persecution started, then those who had to flee proclaimed the message to other people in other areas. They came over to Judea, Samaria, and they even came to Antioch. And then there was a turning point. Those who proclaimed the message did not only talk to Jews, but to Greek people as well. And the miracle happened that Greek people received the message, the gospel, with joy, opened for it, and became Christians. And at first, 90% of all the Christians came out of the Jews, and only 10% out of the Greek area. After some time, it was about 50-50. And sometime later, 10% of the Christians had come out of the Jews. And 90% had come out of the Greeks. So, after some time, the percentage shifted from the Jews to the Greek people. And many of the Jews became jealous and looked at Paul as the problem. Because he had gone around. He had founded all the churches. Had he never founded the churches, still the Jewish Christians would be the majority. This thinking is not God's thinking, but human. And out of, of this, these two groups, we see in all the writings of Paul, and we see it in the report about the Acts of the Apostles by Luke. This was the point at issue. These two groups, these two ethnic people, cultures, how, how to connect them? How could you build a, a bridge? 
that they come together, that they are in harmony. It was the biggest problem in the early church. And the more time passed by, the smaller the problem was. Because then so, so many Christians came out of the Greek field. So the, the Jewish field became so small, minority. It was no, no pointed issue anymore. But in the beginning, wow, big debate, sharp dispute, very difficult to solve. And it couldn't have been solved without God's working through the Holy Spirit. And so it is today. If we have a problem, how can we solve it? Look at Peter, look at James at the council in Jerusalem. Have we made already an experience with God? Has he solved it? Shown how we should handle it? What is written in the word? And when we look at these two points, then we are safe. And the main point remains, how can you be saved? What did Jesus ask Peter after he had acted in such a bad way in the palace, in the court of the palace of Herod in Jerusalem, till the cock made his cock-a-doodle-doo? Afterwards, Jesus asked him, Do you love me? Here's the solution. The more we love Jesus, the more we will act according to his will, and the more we will all be in harmony together forever. Amen.